Our scripture reading today is from Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 38. And our message today is entitled, The Love of Paul. This is the Lord's word. Now for Miletus, he went to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. When they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time. From the first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. Except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he has spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone, once again. Let's just say hello to the people around us. Just say hi, welcome. <laughs> The food smells really good right now standing up here. But before we are able to fill our stomachs, I pray that the 
Lord will fill your heart with the good news of the gospel. We've been going through the, uh, the book of Acts, looking how God establishes his church. And this is very important. In a lot of ways, the institution of church itself, uh, we seem to want to define it as we desire to define it. We want to gather according to how we want to gather. We want his grace to work according to how we want it to work. But the institution of the church, God has actually planned out how the church should run. And God has actually planned out how the graces of salvation works through that institution as well. It's incumbent upon us to understand church. It's incumbent upon us to understand how things work that we may experience fully the grace of God. I think we all understand this. In our, in our day and age today, we, we see that people have teared down institutions, the institution of church, the institution of government, even the institution of marriage. And everyone's trying to redefine it in their own terms. But every time that humanity has tried to redefine those terms, well, it lacks stability. It lacks power. It lacks grace. For those of you who are married or are about to have a family or have a family right now, you understand this. Marriage is not about what you want. Marriage is about what the Lord has designed it to be. And that within those parameters, we find safety, blessings, and love. So what does the, the Lord say about the burgeoning church, the, the early church that we see in the book of Acts? Up until this point, we see Paul and the other apostles going to far off places, uh, preaching the gospel of Christ. The, the message is clear, and, and he says that here in his little charge to the elders in Ephesus. I did not stop proclaiming you the truth of repentance of sin. I did not stop proclaiming the truth of our faith in Christ Jesus. And so from place to place to place, Paul did not cease simply teaching the foundations of who we are. And this power, this message is more than enough for the people that they preached to. And it's more than enough for you and I, that we come to the Lord with our sins and, and repentance. And then we look to the sky and look in our hearts where the Lord resides and trust that Jesus has forgiven me and to walk with him, not in perfection, but in knowing that God has redeemed us and is with us. Now, the early church was a little bit different. We, we, we saw the design of it, that, that Paul and Peter and the other apostles, as they went forth, God gave them special abilities. As apostles, they were able to drive out demons. They were able to heal people. 
from place to place they would go. And even the things that Paul had, people would, would take it. And when people would touch his cloth, they would be healed. And, and, and their power was immense. And these signs, these wonders that were happening in the early part of Acts was there simply to replicate what Jesus had done. For the miracles were a confirmation that the message of forgiveness of sin and faith in Christ came along with the power of God. They were not simply meaningless words. Do you know that in our day today, we often say to God, repenting and trusting in God, God, I, I, I get that part. I understand that part. But can't I have more? Can't there be more manifestations of your, of your power in my life? I need to see more. I need to see relationships that are broken healed right now. I need to see, see my, my physical ailments gone right now. I need to see what, what I saw in the book of Acts and what I saw in the Old Testament. I need to see that now. Faith in Christ, repentance, they're all wonderful, God. But I want to see those miracles in my life now. And see, this is where we get things confused as God's people. It's not as if faith and repentance and trusting in God allows us to access all of that. It's the other way around. The true power, the true miracle, are not the, the miracles themselves. The true power, the true miracle is your ability to see the power and the glory of repenting before the Lord and trusting in God. That is the true miracle. That is the true thing that all of the Old Testament, that all of Jesus' miracle, that all the miracles in the, in the beginning of Acts pointed to. And so when you walk with people here in the Lord, or when someone says to you, I've repented of my sin, and I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that the heavens move. You know that the angels rejoice. And so you too should rejoice when you yourself see the fruit of repentance and when you yourself see that fruit in other people as well. Here in Paul's letter or Paul's charge to the elders in Ephesus, you will see that he does not talk about miracles anymore. It's over. He doesn't talk about the ministry of healing, of powerful healing that the apostles had. That's, that's over. He does talk in his letters about praying for the sick, obviously. He doesn't talk about miraculous things happening because it's over. But he talks about the fact how he 
lived with the people in Ephesus or taught the people for three long years. How he was able to establish leadership of elders, ruling elders, people who could take charge of the church. And these elders who are in charge of the church, well, this is the next generation after the apostles. Paul did not go to the church in Ephesus and say, I need to establish more apostles. He didn't say that because that office is finished. But he said, I am going to establish elders. And the way Paul did it is absolutely, absolutely amazing. And I want you to understand Here at CCPC, we are praying that the Lord would raise up elders. We are praying that by the time November comes along, that we be able to have a service to install our elders here at CCPC. Now, how do our men, how do they grow up in the Lord? Is it simply going to classes and 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 seeing how much Bible knowledge they have, how much they understand how to run a church? Or is there more than that? Well, let's look what Paul did. And let's look at how we as a church could sort of mimic what Paul did. Now, we're not Paul, but I want you to see his heart. And I want you to understand his heart. And I want you to understand that we need to love this church in such a way that men can arise and be leaders of this church. First, Paul did not cease to speak the truth in love. Paul did not cease to speak the truth in love. He speaks about the fact that he that every time he was with them, he taught them. That he would taught, teach them in the synagogue. He would teach them in the church. He would teach from house to house about the truth of the gospel. And not only would he teach the truth, but in such a way that he would actually admonish them and correct them when there were errors in their thinking and errors in their ways. Paul was not someone who was simply lovey-dovey and say, hey, I just want to love you just the way you are. He wanted to love you with the love of Christ. He wanted to see Christ expressed fully in the life of the church and the love of Christ fully blossoming in the leaders that were to follow. And so our church... One of our duties when we love one another is to love with truth. Love is to love with love and truth and love. Love with truth. Sorry, I'm getting tongue twisted there. But then when we walk with one another, we, we, we need to learn how to say truthfully to each other, hey, we cannot follow the ways of the world. We need to follow Jesus over here. Hey, let's share with one another the good things of who God is and what he is doing. Hey, 
when we read as the, the Apostles' Creed, let us reflect upon where our foundation is and what we really believe. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you doing okay? But our love for one another is always trying to direct each other towards Christ and towards the goodness of the gospel. We are not here to be lovey-dovey just to be lovey-dovey. If you want that, like I, like I like to say, get a dog. They will be lovey-dovey to you. But the second thing is this. Paul not only spoke the truth, but he did it in such a way that he lived amongst the people. He demonstrated that to them. Have you ever noticed that, you know, that you receive rebuke better from someone who loves you rather than an outsider who just makes a, a random observation about your life, right? If I just met you and, and I saw you doing something and I just came to you and rebuked you without really knowing why you're there, what, what's going on, and have talked with you and had coffee with you and and, and enjoyed your, your fellowship, you, you wouldn't listen to me. But Paul's ability to really live amongst them, and he even said he, 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 did, he, he lived amongst them in such a way that he didn't even receive like food from them. He worked. He used his hands. Just to say to the people, listen, I'm giving you this, not because I'm trying to get anything back. I'm giving you the Lord because I believe the Lord is what is best for you. <laughs> but spending time with one another in the Lord, enjoying each other's company in the Lord, and then being able to admonish and rebuke each other in the Lord. That is what Paul did. That is how the truth of the gospel was heard by the church in Ephesus and by the elders who were to be trained. This is the miracle God is talking about. This is the way that when we talk about repentance and faith that people hear and understand because they see it and understand. And so here at CCPC, we cannot manufacture this. All we can do is sort of help organize meetings perhaps. But even then, it's, it's, it's really up to you guys in a lot of ways, just meet up with one another, build friendships. But then it's up to the Lord himself by his spirit to push you and nudge you to be able to say to your friend, hey, um, thank you so much for encouraging me in the Lord. Thank you so much for rebuking me in the Lord. Thank you so much for that admonition. Thank you so much for that encouragement. Thank you so much that Jesus is seen here amongst us. I have a question for you. Um, 
some of you guys, I think all of you guys have, have a message thread with, with friends or family, right? Either it's Kaukau Group or it's Apple or, or whatever. There's a thread that everyone has. I mean, I, I see people always talking to one another. Go through a thread with your best friend. Just go back and read them. And then tell me, do a forensic analysis. What is this friendship about when you read that thread? Is it just food? <laughs> and then more food? <laughs> or is there something more to it? Well, you can change that, can't you, right now? Hey, I think we meet, maybe we need to pray a little bit more. I really appreciate you, though. I love what the Lord is doing in our friendship. I'm really thankful that the Lord has brought you into my life. Allow the truth and love as Paul ministered to the people in Ephesus. Allow that to permeate your life and the life of this church. See, this is the context in which these elders were, 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 uh, were born out. This is a context in which leaders um, are, are, are shown and demonstrated within the church. And it's because of the way Paul did it, and it's because of the way he built the community around that, that people began to see that perhaps they have a calling, men, a calling to lead the church. And as these men began to, 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 to arise, as the Spirit called them to lead, they understood the example of Paul that they are called to do the same thing, to guard the truth of the gospel and to love the people that are under their charge and under their care. Now, I know that many of you who perhaps grow, grew up in bigger churches, you never had a relationship with your pastor or perhaps never a relationship with the elders or the leaders of the church. It should not be like that. We need to be in the midst of each other's lives joyfully, serving one another and loving one another. But being a leader in the church is not all just fun and games. Even Paul says after he leaves, it's like a parent to a child. After I leave, there's going to be more wolves coming, elders. There's going to be more false teaching coming from the outside. There'll be false teaching even coming amongst you. Be vigilant. For the truth of the gospel is the only thing, is the only power that we have. It is the only power to save people. 
It is the only power to grow a church. It is the only power to see God, to see love, to see hope. Paul understood. Let's not chase after miracles. Let's not chase after perfect mental health. Let's not chase after perfect families. Let's not chase after a perfect society. Let's just chase after the gospel itself. And in doing so, let us pray for the sick. As we do so, let us love in our relationships. As we do so, let us serve our communities. But it is the gospel that has the power, is the only power that changes Here at CCPC, my, my, my job in many ways, I'm not Paul, but it's similar to that, in that I'm here to plant a church. This church is not my church. Never will be, and I don't want it to be. I don't think it's scriptural. This church belongs to you who are members at CCPC. It, it, it does. It doesn't belong to me. I'm here to plant it, organize it, but you yourself cannot be infantilized and just have a figurehead like me just carrying, just pulling you along. You yourself has to, to grow up in the Lord. There will be a day, and I'm praying that it will be pretty soon, <laughs> that God will raise up men amongst you, that you will choose yourselves to say, They will represent us at CCPC. They will be the church. They will represent you. The church in Ephesus is not Paul's church. He's just there to plant it. But unlike Paul, I'm not going off anywhere. So after we become a particular church, after we have elders, I will put in my application that you will hire me back as your pastor. But it's your church that God has given to you to shepherd. So ever since in the book of Acts, from the beginning when when Jesus went up into heaven, sent down his Holy Spirit, from beginnings when Philip and Paul and Peter would, would go out and spread the gospel and the chaos of thousands and thousands of people coming to the Lord. What do we do with all these people? How do we organize this? How do we feed them, right? I mean, there's so much logistics going on. That as the churches began to be established, as time went by, we come to a period that's closer to today. Let us preach and teach the truth, repentance and faith. Let us live amongst each other, admonishing each other in the Lord. And as we do so, as the church as a whole, let us call up men to lead and to serve together. 
not above us, not in a different zip code, but together. Let the gospel may go forth. Praise be to the Lord that we don't have to figure out how to do church. He's told us. Praise be to the Lord that we don't have to do trial and error. He's told us how to do the church. Let us walk faithfully according to his word that we may experience the the fullness of God's blessings. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for people like Paul, the Apostle Paul, who in many ways was an example, Lord, of how to plant a church. In many ways was an example of what the future churches should look like, of how he loved the people and how he trained up the people to lead once once he was called back, called to heaven, once all the apostles were called to heaven. Lord, a church by the people, for the people, and for your glory. And so we ask of you, Lord God, to bless CCPC. Help us not to simply be a ministry. Help us not to be a church where everything revolves around the pastor. But help us to be a church where everything revolves around the gospel where we can have and raise up men who love you and love this church. Not perfect men, imperfect, but who understand the gospel of repentance and faith. And Lord, help us together, Lord, just all together, Lord, to use our gifts that this church may grow in deepness of love, that we may reach out to others, that others may come to know the gospel as well. In Christ's name we pray, amen.